Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Hear this. Mark and Mac are back. The Mark and Mac Show. Weekday mornings on liferadio.fm. Radio.fm, the Mark and Mac show as we head into another uh, work week. And uh, just, hey, FYI, you know, birthday time at the Mac household uh-huh. from uh-huh. September 17th through uh-huh. October the 5th, three birthdays and oftentimes even more than that, you know? Wow. Just extended family. But because mine's the 17th, Andrew's is the 23rd, and Tyler is October the 5th. Wow. Just boom, boom, boom. Yeah. And by the way, when your children are small, don't ever split the difference and do the birthday in the middle you oh, know no, oh no, that's hard uh, they don't like that no uh, just i know that from personal experience you know yeah <laughs> yeah you try to do that one they don't they don't like it well lot. that wouldn't work for me and my brother mine's in january his is in august i mean that, huh. that would be kind of weird you know so what would that mean you have like a birthday in april <laughs> yeah something like okay. that it's the common birthday yeah <laughs> the universe well, you know, day Think about the guy, yeah, the guy who is the uh, now 112-year-old great-grandfather, and yeah. his birthday has been the source of investigation. Yeah, and uh, he's he's a guy in Spain, a great-grandfather, and Guinness World Records has confirmed he's the world's oldest living man, 112 years, 211-plus days, because this story is a couple of days old. Yeah. Uh, Saturnino de la Fuente Garcia who was born February 11th, 1909 in Lyon, Spain, was certified by Guinness as the oldest person living, male in parentheses, mm-hmm. on September 10th. Garcia, who has 14 grandchildren and 22 great-grandchildren, lives with his daughter, Angelus, and son-in-law, Bernardo. Wow. Super, this a super centenarian, <laughs> they had to make up a word just for this guy, told Guinness the secret to his longevity is to live a quiet life and do not hurt anyone. Mark, all right, the guy's 112, yeah. and he's living with his daughter and son-in-law. Now, normally when you think like that, you think, oh, they're in their 40s or 50s, right? <laughs> no. These people would be like 80s, right? Yeah, if they're at the, least. You know, and, I mean, <laughs> it's like, can you imagine? I mean, it's like you're... The, Ay, ay, ay. You know, ay, caramba. It's like the phone rings and everybody in the house thinks that they're hearing aids, you know? <laughs> Liferadio.fm. It's the Mark and Mac show. You know, Mark, I hope you had a good weekend. Oh, yeah. I know you, you know, the COVID thing carries on for a long time. And that's why when I say I hope you had a good weekend, I really do mean it. If, for anybody who has uh, experienced COVID, there are such a there's such a long list of symptoms mm. and it really is amazing how somebody can test positive for covid two people can test positive for covid in the same household and one is racked you know with yeah, yeah. all the symptoms and and for weeks at sometimes months later not even having their sense of smell or taste back right while the other one didn't even use a tissue you right, know yeah. well, that's what happened to my brother and his wife his Man. wife, his wife got really sick and he, meh, nothing. Yeah. Yeah. She had like Just, 102 fever and she's wow. taking Tylenol and drinking lots of water and, and wow. which is basically what they told her to do. Right. And we've talked about that several times is, Hey, yeah, yeah. You've got COVID go home, drink a lot of water, you know, take some Advil, you know, the shocking part of all of it is yeah. it's just another bug. Don't worry about it. Yeah. You know, but but that's not what the news is telling me. You know, <laughs> that's what these poli- half the politicians are telling me that I'm going to die. Right. I thought, yeah. Oh no. Okay. Yeah. 
Yeah. Can I buy generic on that stuff? Would that be okay? Oh, yeah, yeah. Don't buy. Do not buy. Yeah. yeah it's Don't crazy. waste your money. It's crazy. But it, it does affect everybody a little bit differently. And and uh, you and I, before we uh, before we started here this morning, we're, we're talking about it. And and uh, we're all, all of us, we're all still dragging just a little yeah. bit. You know, there's a certain point in the day where you just kind of hold up your hand and say, I'll be out for a while. Yep. You know, got to take a nap. Sorry. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Well, <laughs> let me ask you, Mark, because your brother, does he still live in Alaska? Oh, yeah. He lives uh, wow. in, the, in the Fairbanks area. What? What? I know because you guys are both raised here by an academic, your mom yeah. and, and all that. But did he like move to Alaska because there was a career opportunity for him back in the day? Or was it like, I am getting as far away from Mark as I possibly can. I don't um, have enough tape to go down the bedroom. It was the combo platter. Okay. Uh, you know, he, he was uh, stationed there when he was in the Air Force. Oh, okay. He loved go. it. He just, yeah. abs- because he was, uh, uh, he was the outdoors guy. Right. You know, and my dad tried to get both of us interested in hunting and fishing and stuff. And it just didn't stick with me until later on in life. I caught on to it. Mm-hmm. And he, as a kid, he caught on to it and he was constantly out there hunting, fishing, doing things. And when he got to Alaska, it was like, oh, this is just, <laughs> it's like heaven, you know, because it's everything is outdoors. It's honey. It's all outdoor stuff. And, and so he wanted to go back there. And when he got out of the Air Force, um, he got discharged wow. in, uh, in, uh, somewhere in Nebraska and, uh, and as soon as he could find a way to get back to Alaska, he did. Wow. And so he's been there ever since. And he's, he's one of those guys that lives there year round, but he's retired now. And he, uh, he's trying to do a little bit of traveling and he and his wife are, uh, looking at building a house in the Philippines. Um, wow. His wife is from the, her family's in the Philippines. Okay. So, I was going to say, did yeah. that come out of the blue? Where'd that no. come from, man? And well, it's just like, you yeah. can like, it's yeah. like you can build a house down there for like 20 cents on the dollar yeah. here, you know? And right. so, uh, they're going to build a house down there and it looks like they're going to spend the winter months in the Philippines and then go back wow. to Alaska in the summer. Yikes. And, uh, summer but, in Alaska where he's from, is it like, I know cause they have, you know, Alaska is not like an ice cap all the time. I mean, oh, there's some no, places no. that are just fine. Like, you know, right. But still, okay. like in June, there's still snow in the shade, you yeah. know, and it's just, it's, it's, you just don't think about it. It's, you're right. walking around in shorts and a t-shirt and stuff. And you look over, over by the grocery store and there's a big pile of snow in the shade over there, you know, <laughs> yeah, but, uh, not but, me. Yeah. But, and it, and, uh, there's that time when it's, when it's daylight all day, all night, yeah. you know, we do need to find that place to retire. Where is that place where your dollar bill, you know, where you can retire, and you could build your dream home for $678, oh, you know, and yeah. that we need to find that. All yeah. right. The Philippines All is right. really attractive. It really is. <laughs> LifeRadio.fm. It's the Mark and Mac show. And uh, good to have you with us. It's good it's to be here. that time you. of year. Yeah. We've got, um, I, Mark, there was a, uh, oh gosh, I don't even know if Netflix still has it, but it was uh, Seinfeld's. Uh, Jerry Seinfeld did a, a show called, you know, Comedians in Cars Getting Coffee. Right. And it started on, it didn't start on Netflix. It's Netflix picked it up. But anyway, I thought, I'm a, I'm a Seinfeld fan. You know, mm. I like his work. Yeah. He cracks me up. Very clever man. Uh, yeah. And, um, but it didn't interest me. I thought, what? Comedians in Cars Getting Coffee? Come right, on. Right, yeah. Anyway, so I started watching it and I was like, wow, this is cool. You know, a lot of inside stuff with comedians. Yeah. And, <laughs> He was talking to Steve Harvey one time and he said that during the first um, year, they uh, um, it was he started getting emails from people and they're like, hey, man, um, why don't you have any black comedians? 
because the first grouping that he did, it was just all white guys, right? Yeah, yeah. And he tells Steve, he said, hey, Steve, if you were to come over to my house, you know, and there, the whole se- first season, you know, everybody was there, would you walk in and think, hey, I don't know, Jerry, he's having a meeting, you know? <laughs> it's just one of those funny little things that, you, you know. funny. <laughs> but anyway, Eddie Murphy was on there, and he and Eddie Murphy, I'll tell you, they actually were talking about their early days of stand-up in New York. You know, yeah. they were at the same time. They know one another since they were working comics doing as many as shows they could a night, you know, at uh, open mic, yeah, which was amazing. And, um, anyway, in talking about that, it's, you know, you think about these two comedians who are talking about their early days, you mm, know, yeah, and where they are now, it's just remarkable, you know, at least it was for me. Yeah. Uh, but Eddie Murphy told a story about how, um, his dad, you know, you need to just get a job and go to work, you know, stop this mess. Right. And yeah. he got a gig, um, at a jazz club somewhere. And I don't know New York city well enough to tell you, you know, I don't understand it, but, um, he had to, he was going to catch a cab home cause he was getting paid for this gig. And so he tells dad, don't worry about picking me up. I'll catch a cab. Well, he does the whole thing. He bombed and oh, the no. owner didn't pay him. Oh no. And so it's like two in the morning. He's having to call his dad to come and get him, you know? Oh, and his, no. anyway, so it was just funny hearing these stories, but in one of those, Eddie Murphy was talking about, um, you know, hanging out with Michael Jackson back in the eighties, ah. you know, two of the biggest stars in the world at the time. Yeah. And, um, Eddie was talking about that chimp that Michael Jackson uh, always had bubbles. bubbles. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, they got talking about that and he, Eddie Murphy goes, you know, by then, uh, bubbles kind of had his own little area mm. and he said, so let me, where's bubbles, you know? And he said, and he does an imitation of Michael and Michael says, you want to leave him alone? He, he's kind of mad, you know. And it was like, <laughs> so. yeah. Well, when the chimps get older, they get they get aggressive. Yeah, and that's and that's, that's the problem funny. with them. With, chi- with that is funny. That's the problem with them with the, as being pets. And if you happen to ever wonder what happened to Bubbles, you know, since Michael Jackson's yes. gone, whatever happened, well. um, He's living in a primate retirement home since 2005. Wow. This is according to The Sun, the UK tabloid. The, <laughs> uh, they report that Bubbles, he's now 38 years old. Wow. Uh, it's late, late middle age for a chimp, right. by the way. That he makes his home three, these days far away from the spotlight, uh, spotlight at the Center for Great Apes in Florida. The chimp reportedly is camera shy, likes listening to flute music, and paints the odd abstract with one piece selling for just over uh, 5100 bucks back in 2007. Oh, come on, Mark. Would mm-hmm. you buy a picture no, that no. somebody said Bubbles no. the Chimp did? No, okay. I would not. But there is a there. Trust me, P.T. Barnum was right. OK, yeah. Uh, in his heyday, Bubbles was constantly in the public eye after being adopted as a baby by the king of pop. And Jackson and Bubbles were once so inseparable that uh, he went on world tours with him, stayed with him in hotel rooms, dined out in public with him. However, ape expert Jane Goodall, who, by the way, is 87 now, I didn't know she was still alive. Yeah, I didn't either. Uh, she alleged in 2014 that just, that chimp had been beaten while living with Jackson mm. and that the singer became upset when she confronted him about it. Quote, <laughs> I went to see him and we talked about Bubbles. I ticked it. I ticked him off. Bubbles is still alive. He's beautiful. But when he was with Michael, he was being beaten. Hmm. She says uh, uh, she never named Bubbles abuser and the Jackson family has denied Jackson abused the chimp, but the ex-husband of Sister Latoya claims she saw the singer attack him. 
Uh, in a 2003 documentary, Living with Michael Jackson, Jackson told journalist Martin Bashir that Bubbles was being sent away because he'd become too moody and always wanted to fight, which would <laughs> which would support your story from before. Yeah, yeah. that's funny. Uh, yeah, a report claimed that uh, that same year the chimp tried to kill himself. Huh? Have you ever heard of a chimp trying to commit suicide? And no. was rushed to the hospital before allegedly being saved by medics, but no other details have ever wow. been released. That ju- now I've so got how, homework for today. So how I, bad is a chimp's life if it's trying to end it? Wow. I mean, and you're living with Michael Jackson. There you go. That's <laughs> for starters because, yeah. you know, Ooh. my goodness. LifeRadio.fm, the Mark and Mag Show. Good to have you with us today. We appreciate it. This is where you'll found, find the soundtrack for your life. <laughs> I'm a little hung up on Bubbles, the, cl- uh, the clown. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Bubbles, the, the, uh, the chimp. chimp. Thank you. <laughs> Because I keep thinking he tried to kill himself. You know, I'm, that's, that's awful that he I am going to look into it because I've never heard yeah. that before. You know, yeah. I just remember him. I just remember Michael Jackson dressing up in those uniforms, you know, uh-huh, and yeah. walking around and having bubbles and always having a small child. And, yeah. you know, if you look at it all as innocent, you know, you'd have to look at him and go, really, dude, you're 40 years old and you've got a nine year old yeah. boy and yeah. a chimp. Yeah. Um how do you look in the mirror and think, hey, this is cool, you know? I, I don't know. I yeah. just, uh, I, he did a thing for, uh, for, for Disney Parks, uh, a little, a film, a 3D film called Captain, Captain Midnight. Captain EO. Oh, EO. Yeah, okay. Captain EO. And, uh, wow. it was a three day, it, and they presented it in a, in a 3D motion theater where, you know, mm-hmm. the floor, floor moved and everything. That's and, cool. uh, I had heard about it for years mm-hmm. and, uh, I'd never seen it because by the time we started going to, to Disney parks, it, you know, it was a long, it was long gone. Yeah. Right. And then they brought it back. Uh, and I think it was, uh, I think it might've been the year Jackson died. Oh, uh, they brought it back <laughs> and, uh, and it was just a special engagement for a limited time. And we, we decided, okay, we're going to go see this thing when we were down there one time at uh, Disney World. And, and it was absolutely awful. It, oh. was, <laughs> it was so bad. The acting was so bad. The, 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 even the puppet characters were bad. Everything about it. And all these people with, oh, it was so cool. It was so great. And I'm like, you really need to ho- You need another really? hobby. You just yeah. you, you, come on, people. Don't drink the bong water. Come I'm on. I'm telling you. Know, you. It does kind of make you think, you know, if Disney can, you know, use all their special skills and everything to bring Abraham Lincoln to life, yes. where you actually feel it. <laughs> yeah. And they couldn't make that one okay. I mean, <laughs> wow. It was really pretty bad. I mean, if you, if I'm, you know, and you know what? I would just about be willing to bet you it's somewhere on YouTube. You can probably oh, yeah. find it somewhere and you should watch it today just so I'm not the only one that's just deeply scarred. <laughs> you know, I, I know we're not. There's no reason to talk about Michael Jackson no, other than the fact that Bubbles really. the Chimp is still alive. Yes. But uh, so don't think there's anything. Oh, no. It's just, it no, fell no, apart. No. But what I was going to ask you, I remember when uh, he did his Oprah interview and it was there. Were, uh, there was a lot going on in his world in terms of accusations and weirdness and things like that. And uh, he did an interview with her. Yeah. And it's when they were talking about vitiligo, the, you know, how his, he said he wasn't oh, bleaching yeah. his skin. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that it was natural. But anyway, um, he actually, with her on camera, um, created this uh, instrumentation for a song about how he works on writing a song. Yeah. And I rem- even now I remember it going, who has 
that ability, you know, yeah, to yeah. to actually create a all these sounds and b actually make it into a song. Come right. on, that's yeah. like Dolly Parton writing nine to five using her fingernails, you yeah. know, yeah, on the yeah. set, which is what she did. Yeah. It's like that's a whole different level of talent, you know. Yeah. That yeah. It really just is. is amazing, and yeah. you know, the thing is. Whenever somebody talks about money and happiness and things like that, it's like, you know, happiness and joy are two different things. Oh, yeah. Most of us are looking for peace and joy, yeah. um, which has nothing to do with calm and happy. Right. And Jackson was pursuing uh, pursuing fulfillment in, in places that would never fulfill him. Right. And, and a lot of people in entertainment do that. Yeah. They, uh, they, they start getting rich and they start blowing their money on all the stuff that they think is going to complete them. And it doesn't yeah. because the only thing that can is the relationship with God that you can't have fulfillment unless you have that in that personal relationship with the one who created you. Mm-hmm. You're never going to be fulfilled, really fulfilled otherwise. And, uh, people like Jackson were looking for that fulfillment in all kinds of other things like a pet chimp that goes right. everywhere with you. I mean, well, you know, he actually, um, after they hit it big, um, not they, the Jacksons, but his mom uh, actually became a Jehovah's Witness. Wow. And family members uh, also joined the church. Michael was actually a member uh, of Jehovah's Witnesses. Huh. Um, by the way, so was the artist known as Prince. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. But anyway, he knew he was he was a seeker, you know. Right. But there was also so much going on that uh, it's just beyond the pale you know yeah. and it's a sh- it's just a shame it is but you know there's a uh well anyway we'll move on i just yeah, yeah. i just find it fascinating you know when when i think back on that i'm like i remember him doing that in that interview with oprah winfrey and it was just remarkable to sit mm. there and just think oh, you know okay and i just remembered what i was going to say um I, I got sidetracked i sidetracked myself this is easy for me to do uh but and that was that i ran tech for uh um a dance recital thing for years I ran tech and, and I would go down to the civic center and set up my laptop and, and I, and I got everything all programmed, all the video, everything. And I was the person that ran every piece of music and every piece of video, you know, from my laptop. And, um, one year the recital was all Michael Jackson music. Yeah. And I had never been really a Michael Jackson fan. I, you know, it's like, Oh yeah, yeah. that's Michael Jackson. I know. Yeah. I remember the song. And then when you see it all in one place, you know, like there's an hour, a solid hour of nothing but back to back Michael Jackson tunes. It's just like, holy cow, was this guy a talent? Oh, yeah. You know, yeah. and it's not it's not something the kids, the kids did a great job dancing and all that. Right. Stuff. They, were, they were wonderful. But I thought you were just, going down the path of one full straight hour of no. Michael Jackson. You understood <laughs> why Bubbles was trying to hang himself in the corner. <laughs> liferadio.fm the mark and mac show with the soundtrack for your life and knowing that your uh, brother is in town it's so yeah. funny i'm it's like i'm really conscious of that he's listening and so i want to be careful but <laughs> it's like no matter where you are you can listen to this right, you know yeah. it used to be back in the day of terrestrial radio you know where i would be concerned if i thought like a family or friend was in town and could yeah. hear you know the show yeah and so i'd be careful not to say anything you know about mm-hmm. them that they might take the wrong way yeah but now it's like dude can listen in alaska you know he can yeah, listen he can. to us no matter yeah. where he is yeah so which i still don't understand i mean i'm thankful mark yeah we got a lot of listeners in puerto rico yeah and um I, i'm just I'm still trying to jazzed. figure that one out yeah i i actually think um a friend of mine has been doing some missionary work 
and I know they set up something in Puerto Rico, but mm. he hasn't reached out. And I would have thought if that was him, he would have. But anyway, yeah. hey, if you're listening in Puerto Rico, we love you. Love yeah. you, love you. Thank you. Yes, um, thank you very much. Meanwhile, back at the ranch, we have so far covered some crazy stuff on and off the air. I got to be honest with you. Yeah. <laughs> you and I talking about Bubbles the, the monkey with Michael yes. Jackson has yeah. been uh, the source of comic fodder off the air. <laughs> uh, but when I saw this one, uh -huh. major flea infestation yeah you know my first thought mark is that there's some military guy talking at school that's what i thought i'm not kidding real oh, i major, didn't think about flea. Major flea yes i saw the i saw major i saw schools and that's what i thought i thought they were protesting yeah. <laughs> i'm serious man you either need more coffee or less one of the i'm two. watching way yeah. too many cartoons yeah, with braylon that's what i'm right. telling you well two elementary schools in oakland california are going to be closed uh because of an infestation of fleas that may have been caused by raccoons in the area. <laughs> it wasn't Bubbles oh. the Chimp. He wasn't there. Wait a minute, man. Yeah. Yes. So Rocky Raccoon, yes. they're not concerned with Rocky getting into school no. because those fleas rode Rocky's back into That's the school. right, yes. Um, the uh, Oakland Unified School District says in an announcement, the move comes after a major problem developed with fleas on the campus. Uh, the two-day closure... Uh, started uh let's see let's see what's that at esperanza elementary school and koramatsu koramatsu discovery academy they're located next to each other so they shared fleas they shared they shared raccoons and fleas exterminators have been working for a couple of weeks to eliminate the fleas but the issues persisted and closing the schools will prevent fleas from spreading throughout the campuses so says the district in their statement Plus, it will allow crews to do a deeper cleaning of all classrooms and common areas, including removing all carpets where fleas have taken up residence and laid their eggs. Ew. Uh, the, the schools uh, have a park on one side and a wooded area on the other and have seen issues with raccoons, so says the district. Experts brought in by the district believe the animals may have led to the flea problem. Mm -hmm. Um Yikes. This kind of reminds me of back in uh, when Joe was a baby, you know, way, way back a long time ago, early in our marriage. We, we, by the had, way, when he said early in our marriage, he's yeah. not talking about me, he's talking about no, Jane. No, yeah, me and Jane. So we, we had an apartment and uh, uh, we were all thrilled to death to move in. And you know how it is. You get a new place and woohoo, this is awesome. And, and that night, um, uh, the, 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 the next morning we woke up and we had little bites all over us, <laughs> right? And it, it had a flea problem. There was a flea infestation in this apartment. And when they were talking about the rugs, the carpets, the rugs, I, I, I had this vivid memory of vacuuming the carpet and it sounded like we were vacuuming up sand. That's, oh gosh. It's, it was just absolutely disgusting. And we had, uh, we had exterminators <laughs> come in and the thing was in apartments, you're six inches away from your next door neighbor on each side. You know, you've got a, you've got a, you've got right. a, a wall there. That's all that separates you and your neighbor. Yeah. And we're, and the fleas just go, Oh boy, they're spraying. Let's go next door. And that's exactly right. what happened. They would spray our place and the fleas would all run next door to either side. And then they'd come in and spray the ones on either side. And the fleas would all come back running into our place. And, that's disgusting. Oh yeah. We were there. We were there. I think for as just as long as we could had to be there you know, to satisfy the conditions of the lease and right. they left, you know, well, it was hard in this particular issue. I know they've got a flea problem, but 
that's not the source. They've got to get the raccoon problem under control or they're going to never have. And like you said, they're just going to go and hang yeah. out someplace else till they can go back. But right. Exactly. Can you imagine your kid coming home from school with flea bites? I mean, for real. Oh, no. That'd be a bad day, man. It really would. Life Radio FM, the Mark and Max show and. I'm itching from the flea story, Mark. Got to be honest with you. You know, I'm sorry. It's just, yikes, man. But when you think about that, I mean, a, a school that has a flea infestation, you know, your first thought would be, okay, which one of these kids brought them? You know, that would be it. Not the Rocky Raccoon is visiting, but I'm thinking, okay, in my head, I'm going, okay, we got this school in Oakland that has a raccoon bringing fleas yeah. to the point where it's infesting. I yeah. mean, the, there's a big problem. And then what about the kids now? Because they all have backpacks, right? Yeah. Book bags. And so now the oh. kids, they go to school. Yeah. And they go the home. The fleas. Oh. Yes. Oh. So now you've got, you got a family that has no indoor pets because they just don't want them, you know? Yeah. And now they've got fleas. How are you yeah. going to explain that one? And now the family is the buffet. Ooh, right. Yeah. And it's just, I. they're going to have, that's going to be a big issue. Yep, it is. All right. Yep. Mark, um... As we cruise through the day, we see crazy stories. Yeah, every day. And there are some where you think, okay, where did this happen? Because <laughs> we might have to take a Mark and Mac show trip there. <laughs> yeah, we'll we'll go find some pizza. It, we'll find pizza inns. We'll go to the baggage store. And then we'll go to Arkansas and look for gemstones. Noreen Redberg and her hubby, Michael, weren't really expecting to find anything at Arkansas's Crater of Diamonds State Park. And she wasn't sure what she had found when she picked up a stone. It turns out it was a yellow diamond and it weighed 4.38 carats. That's a big wow. diamond. And a radish. Yes. And she says, I didn't know it was a diamond then, but it was clean and shiny. So I picked it up. <laughs> the diamond is about the size of a jelly bean, she says, with a pear shape and lemonade color. Um, the, uh, the park superintendent, Caleb Powell, says, when I first saw this diamond under the microscope, I thought, wow, what a beautiful shape and color. The park allows visitors to keep what they find, and more than 75,000 diamonds have been discovered there since 1906. This year, 258 diamonds have been registered at the park, about one or two a day, weighing in uh, at uh, all in all at more than 46 carats. Wow. On Labor Day 2020, an Arkansas man found a 9.07 carat diamond. Uh, it was the second largest ever found at the park. Uh, Redberg's diamond is the largest found since then. It's not clear what this diamond is worth, though. The park said it doesn't do appraisals. A 3.03 carat diamond found there in 1990 was later cut into a 1.09 carat with a round shape and set into a gold ring. The park later bought that ring for $34,000 in donations said it's on display at the visitor center right now wow a 4.38 carat diamond just walking along oh that's shiny and pretty wow, wow. i just tripping out man how cool would that be yeah that'd okay. almost pay for the gasoline for their trip i was gonna say you know i'm looking at the trip i pulled it up on the map because i wanted to see you know and it's like kind of in the uh the southwestern part of arkansas yeah and like if you're on your way to Dallas kind of thing, yeah. uh, Dallas, Texas. But I, in looking at that, I found out they got a Nashville, Arkansas. Did you know that? No. Yep. You know, one time I was talking about doing a radio promotion to like have all these, like go to Paris and, yes. you know, yes. Rome, like, but it'd be 
Rome, Georgia, Paris, uh, Texas, that yeah. kind of thing. Nashville, and I always, Arkansas. Yeah, yeah, I thought that'd be kind of cool. Anyway, That's so weird. there you have it. If you want to get want to strike it rich, don't bother buying a lottery ticket. Just head to this campground. LifeRadio.fm, the Mark and Max show, fall weather upon us in oh, the uh, south. Yeah. Got rain this week, I guess, yeah, but yeah. yeah, we'll see. You know, it's still, we, we've gone back and forth. Remember a couple of weeks ago when you and I both were like, oh, lack of humidity, temperatures, oh, we're good. Oh, yeah. And Lasted then, and then the about COVID hit. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh, man. So we had wonderful weather while we were all just not wanting to get out in That's it. That's right. Yeah, but. Anyway, and now my so, grass is tall enough to hide the dog. You know, it's oh just, wow, I got to do something about that. Wait till it dies. Just, you know, you wait it out. <laughs> I think it may just burn it off. You know, <laughs> get you some goats. And there you go. You know, <laughs> whose house is that? They got chickens and goats. Oh, yeah, it's Mark. Yeah. He started mowing. <laughs> All right, a traffic pole snaps in Japan, yeah. and if nobody's there to hear, it doesn't make a sound. <laughs> Yeah, a light pole mysteriously collapsed uh, months ago in Japan. Police say they finally know who or what is to blame. The 21-foot pole snapped at its base and was found lying in the bushes of a parking lot in the city of uh, Suzuka on February 18th. There were no apparent issues with the quality or installation of the pole, according to the uh, Mianichi, one of the Japan's large daily news outlets. The average lifespan for life poles in that country is about 50 years. But this pole collapsed 23 years after it was installed on the street in 1997. So what could have caused this steel traffic light pole to snap? Well, the police department reported in July that forensic scientists... They actually involved forensic scientists in this whole thing. Detected, um, light pole. Yeah, in a light pole. Detected 40 times more urea at the bottom of the pole compared to the amount found in on other nearby poles. Okay, be clear. Yeah. Urea? Yes. That is, uh, it's dog pee. I knew it. That's it. The traffic light was installed along a path that's popular among dog walkers. So authorities said it's highly possible that the combination of uh, urea and sodium found in dog urine caused the pole to erode. Officials are now encouraging pet owners to take their dogs to do their business elsewhere in hopes of preventing this from happening again. The pole has since been replaced, but police have reportedly confirmed dogs have already begun to mark their territory on this newly installed pole. Pole. Oddly enough, this isn't the first report of dog <laughs> causing the pole to erode and snap in Japan. Oh, no. Because this would just not be a complete story unless there was a previous issue. Uh, in 2016, the same newspaper reported that an iron an iron light pole collapsed in Osaka and crushed a 10-year-old girl's hand. A city wow. government investigation found that dog pee was to blame for wow. that, too. You know, it's interesting. The Guinness Book of World Records is showing up to see, you know, <laughs> can we find a record here? <laughs> you know what I thought about is why don't you, okay, reinstall the pole and then put a, sl- a plastic sleeve of some kind around the bottom of it to protect it. Why mm. it, wouldn't that just be simple enough, you know, or to paint it with something that is, that is going to just resist all of this. Like, but no, they're, no, you can't let your dog go here. You know, okay. You just can't. All you have to really do is get, Get a dog owner, you know, one of them, and go after that dog owner, and the rest of them will be like, yeah, you ain't going there, buddy. <laughs> LifeRadio.fm, the Mark and Max show with the soundtrack for your life playing all day long. And a couple minutes oh. ago, we were 
What? I just remembered. Uh, you know, there was the, the, the Jesus Music movie premiered Friday. Uh, the, the Irwin Brothers, their latest thing. Uh, and uh, oh. it's all about the history of, uh, of contemporary Christian music. And it's, I haven't seen it yet, but everything I'm seeing about it is really cool. Uh, and I saw, this, uh, I saw this little blurb about it on social media over the weekend. And they referred to it as the soundtrack of your faith. Huh? And I thought, where's Shellnut's number? Because, <laughs> <laughs> yep. Wow. Not like they don't know us. You yeah, know, it's I know. like, yes. we were their very first interview that the uh, Irwin brothers did oh with their God. dad yeah. on the cable access and show. They did not know what to do with us. And uh, they, and the thing is, you know, as you look at the first things they started doing, they did some uh, Christian music video stuff with like casting crowns yeah. and some others that we were close to. And uh, mm-hmm. the stories that they've done uh, yeah. from mercy me, which is they, you know, yeah. it was all us on Birmingham. And then, um, Jeremy camp, another one that yeah. was, you know, uh, he, <laughs> we were at a con, we did, uh, we hosted this event with Jeremy and we were hanging oh, out with him a oh, good yeah. bit. And, uh, he, Mark had laid his keys down and, uh, Jeremy grabbed him and it was like, dude, right. Jeremy's messing with Mark. This yeah. is funny. He punked and he yeah, did. because <laughs> of all the people that were there, you didn't think it would be him. No, you know? no, you just and didn't. No, he was the one that nailed you. But yeah. I mean, there were, I, I, I guess they could just send a little thank you notes. Hey guys, thanks. You know, <laughs> thanks for the content for all of our movies and videos and our yeah. career and the, the idea for the promo line. Thank yeah. you. We had nothing to do with any of their talent, no, but no, we've had everything no, to do with right. the content. So there you go. But if you're going to flip out the old soundtrack for your life and faith and all that, yeah. uh, you know, just, Hey man, a little crumb for the show. Okay. <laughs> the Mark and Mac show. liferadio.fm the mark and mag show and you know every every show it seems like we try to fit in a uh, guinness book of world records uh, stupid <laughs> criminals i mean we try to get them in there yeah and a little while ago when we were i can't remember the story but i was like there's got to be a guinness story in here somewhere <laughs> and here we are oh. the soundtrack for your life now being ripped off by your favorite movie people <laughs> a two foot uh-huh. tall cow yes okay Mm-hmm. A cow in Bangladesh that reached. Oh a, my goodness! Uh, Isn't that a rule? If you got weird stuff, it's in Bangladesh. It has to be somewhere there, somewhere in Asia. For some, I I think Guinness has a giant building in Asia with a billboard that says "Come here with your stories." <laughs> a, a cow in Bangladesh that reached a height of only twenty inches. 20 inches before her death has now been recognized by Guinness World Records as the shortest cow ever. Guinness says that Ronnie, a Bhutanese cow that belonged to a Dhaka farmer, Kazi Sufian, measured only 20 inches high and weighed 57 pounds prior to her death at the age of two. Sufian said he knew from an early age that Ronnie would be too small to sell for, for meat, and he soon started to suspect the cow might be the smallest in the world. He said, uh, he told Guinness, uh, the other booties on the farm are twice Ronnie's size. Well, Ronnie became an online celebrity when Sufian began sharing videos and photos. <laughs> More than 20,000 people turned up at the farm this past July wow. to catch a glimpse of Ronnie and take selfies with her. Wow. Ronnie died in August after experiencing a swollen stomach from overeating and gas accumulation. Wow. I've told my wife you can die from that. She doesn't believe me. I'm like, That's why it's got to come out. If you keep it in, you die. 
liferadio.fm. It's the Mark and Mac show. And, you know, telling that story about the two foot tall cow. Yeah. yeah. I'll, I was thinking about the things that when you and I were growing up and the stuff we saw on TV, like, for instance, Bugs Bunny. Yeah. Well, the stuff that you and I and our generation watched on TV in the 60s and 70s cartoons were made a lot of times during World War II. Right. And they were um, they were not politically correct. You oh, know? no, no, and not at all. Every every time I see a Japanese story, I remember, you know, how these cartoons were made and uh, they how they referred to Japanese people right, and, the, yeah. you know, the really thick glasses and yeah. buck teeth. And yeah. I mean, just really offensive, yeah. you know, stuff. Yeah, caricatures. That, yeah. Yeah. And then I thought, well, wait a minute. You know, that was during World War II on the cartoons. But look in the 60s on TV. You had Mickey Rooney. Okay. Yes. Mickey Rooney, the very white, very American actor. Yeah. And he is in uh, a Breakfast at Tiffany's. Right. Yeah. Where, by the way, if you read the book and watched the movie, you're going, the only thing about these two that tie them together is the title. Because <laughs> really tough to figure out in the movie that she's a prostitute. But anyway, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, you've got... Mickey Rooney playing, and I thought it was a guy dressing up for comic effect, but he was actually playing a, a Japanese man. Yep. Yeah, and you're like, really? That This was okay? You know, mm -hmm. th this? Yeah. And, uh, you know, and even on Gilligan's Island, they yes. had one of the Japanese soldiers that, you oh, know, didn't know the yeah. war was over. Yeah, I remember. Yeah. Thick glasses, buck teeth. I mean, yep. just horrible. Yep. So whenever I see a Japanese story, that is my first thought of, we grew up on things that were really offensive, but it didn't make us think that, that Japanese people were like that. No, no. We, oddly enough, we had the brains to understand that that was a caricature and it was supposed to be funny. And, and we were children and figured yeah, that out. That's exactly right. And that should tell you a lot about people who make government their living. <laughs> oh. They think you're so dumb, you have to be told what to think. <laughs> right. That's, that's the thing. Well, the government of a Japanese prefecture, speaking of government, is attempting yeah. to educate the public about bear safety. They're using a rock song filled with help, helpful tips. The Iwate pre, uh, Prefecture government responded to a spike in bear sightings in the northern region by commissioning a song from songwriter Kaoru Toudo, 61 years of age, and singer Yuzen Taguchi, who is 69. This is <laughs> Not really be, reaching out for the youth of today, are they? This has got to be one hot tune, man, I'm telling you. Um, the song begins, So you think bear cubs are cute? Discard that naive way of thinking. Nearby, that cub is a parrot bear, and it'll suddenly attack you. Boy, that's catchy. The mm -hmm. tune features bear safety tips, including never turn your back and run away, and <laughs> trying to play dead doesn't work. <laughs> the prefecture government said the song will be played at roadside shopping centers and other strategic locations through the end of October. Okay, you know we can find this song, and you know we can find an American cover version in English, right? There has to be on YouTube. That is our homework assignment for the day, because I've got to hear, trying to play dead doesn't work. <laughs> LifeRadio.fm. It's the soundtrack for your life with the Mark and Mac show. You know... You can download the app, uh, tell your friends about it. I mean, 
you obviously have already. So yes, tell you your have. friends. You know, good for you. I'll right. share it with your friends. There you go. Mm-hmm. An explosive souvenir. Now, yeah. Mark, I'm going to be honest with you. Souvenirs are fine, and explosives are fine in the right setting. Right, but. An explosive souvenir. Not a good move. Not no. a good thing. There's a 28-year-old man in Germany. He's facing a hefty, a hefty fine, a hefty bill after trying to catch a flight at Munich Airport with a live mortar shell in his rucksack. German, rucksack. Yeah. <laughs> I, I love don't, that. I don't write these things. I just rucksack. read Yeah. Um, German news agency DPA reported last Friday that the explosive device was discovered during a security check, prompting an immediate lockdown of parts of the airport. The man told police he found the shell during a hiking trip in Switzerland, and he just forgot it was in his bag. Uh-huh. Specialists are able to, uh, were able to safely remove this live ammunition, and they destroyed it. The man's likely to face criminal charges for breaching aviation safety and explosives laws and will have to pay for the cost of the police operation. It was unclear whether the operators at, of Munich Airport, Germany's second largest, will also sue the man for damages, according to DPA. Mark. Yeah. Okay, you got a guy who says, I forgot about it. Yeah. You find um, something like this. Yeah. And you think... It's okay to just tote it around. I, I, I don't understand. I either people are getting dumber as we get older or or this guy's trying to pull a fast one. One of the I, two. And I there's think, no way he didn't forget. I yeah, know, I mean you know. I mean you can probably see the guy he's gingerly setting his, his rucksack right. down on the thing. Ginger careful, careful, careful. Oh, I hope they don't find it. I know nuts, you know, it's like maybe he used that, you know, as a distraction for the two pounds of Coke he was trying to smuggle. You know, (laughs) it could have been. You never know. Hey, they got the bomb. The Coke's no, because he's still sitting in jail. Yeah. Yeah. You're sitting around the old jail cafeteria with the two other guys that speak English. (laughs) What are you in for? You don't want to know. liferadio.fm it's the mark and mag show with the soundtrack for your life and i saw this story over the weekend and you know i wonder mark how many times okay do we have a story during the course of the year about an animal terrorizing neighbors yeah an animal and you find out it wasn't just one time it's been an ongoing issue for a while yeah because my first thought is okay once i got you it happens you know yeah twice i'm gonna start getting armed yeah you know yeah yeah, and, and it's weird. It can be any number of things. You know, you got the neighborhood dog that terrorizes kids and things like that. Well, a man in Queens is the victim of an animal attack, attack on his way to work. It left him bloodied and concerned for his neighbor's safety. But it wasn't a dog, a cat, or even a New York City rat that went after him. His attacker was a rooster. Mm. <laughs> Wait a minute. Yes. Okay. <laughs> you got it now? Yep. Right. I'm, I'm just, I'm, I was thinking dog. I was thinking cat. Yes. You know. <laughs> Maybe giant New York City sewer rat. No. Yeah. It was a rooster. Yeah. Leon Susserin says, uh, just usually walking to, to, you know, like usual to head to my bus to go to work and felt a peck on my left hand. This thing kept coming. So vicious, almost evil. Blood was gushing. I was trying to apply pressure to it and it kept <laughs> charging at me. <laughs> His feathered foe isn't just any ordinary rooster. 
It has a reputation in his neighborhood. Those who live in the area said the rooster and a group of chickens have been roaming the area around 169th Street in Jamaica uh, for years terrorizing people. It's a gang. In New York City. It's a gang. (laughs) Jamaica, Queens. It's a gang. He said, I've heard kids can't ride scooters. You can't walk freely. You got to be careful now of a rooster. (laughs) it's hard not to chuckle at the idea that people now have to keep an eye out for an attacking rooster in new york city on the streets there but anyone who lives in the area says it's no joke uh uh, suzerin says my neighbor got attacked in june he bit her ankle another neighbor said that the uh the this clucky crew roams around and has chased kids and parents uh uh, avoid that area with their kids Um, police helped corral the rooster and a chicken after suzerin's uh, violent run-in last week left him bleeding badly from a gash on his hand a man who answered the door at the home where the neighbors said the roosters and chickens were kept appeared to claim ownership of the birds but he was quickly prevented from answering any more questions by somebody else inside no mm-hmm. no no i can see that nope nope don't answer any more nope. questions yeah the, the budding lawyer in the family took yeah over. or uh, anybody with good common that doesn't want to admit my animal is causing problems yeah I'm walking down that street with a big bucket and a canvas sack, man. I'm serious. Get used to the bucket. You're going in and coming out the same way, you know? LifeRadio.fm. It's the Mark and Mac show. And Mark, I'm still a little hung up on New York City and chickens. You know? Yeah. You know, you and I were talking about this off the air, <laughs> yeah. but you know, I, I told you that it, I believe New York city is that trip. Uh, if you're listening uh, in New York city, understand that, you know, we talk about being from the South. That's right. where we, we are in Alabama and both of us have traveled a little bit, but, um, I've got, I've gone to New York city a couple of times. Uh, one time I got lost mm. and that was a treat, but, uh, I was telling you, I, I do think it's one of those things, especially as we get a little bit older, when you're old enough to respect the city you know um but not so old that walking it won't you know is going to be rough right and i think you and jane are at that right stage of life where you guys could actually go and have a lot of fun hmm. i just like i told you haley and Ladonna, when uh, haley was in high school they used to do this every other year new york city trip yeah um and it was in one of the clubs that haley was in and um it was it was a like they crammed five or six days worth of stuff into two days. But I mean, it was the, that was the one thing is they talked about that, you know, they, uh, they, they were exhausted, but got to see and do so many things in such a brief period of time Yeah, and lifetime memories. And I'm thinking I would like to go and do all those things they did, but spread out, you know, over a couple of days, you know, or a couple of weeks. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they got a lot done. Yeah. And now but you I gotta, think y'all would have a blast. And now, now I'm gonna if I go, I'm gonna have to go to Jamaica Queens and look for chickens. And that's it because I'm all I can think of is when I think of New York City, I think of the TV shows you know that yeah. we've seen that are yeah. usually criminal in nature, I guess. Oh, but yeah. yeah, I don't think of New York City as a place where you would find chickens yeah. on the street. And the thing is that the the live reaction, ones I want to add live live ones, chickens, you know. yeah, yeah. And that the the reaction from the guy says everything. It's just the people who live in the cities don't. They just don't, they don't know animals. They don't know right. how they behave. They don't know what yeah. they're, you know, they're going to be like. they, and the people and people like, uh, well, like me, whose mm-hmm. family comes from a, like a farming background, right? because my, my, uh, my grandmother was a cattle <laughs> farmer and my, my, uh, on that's on my mom's side and on my dad's side, my, my grandfather was like the town butcher, 
you know, in the same <laughs> town, you know. Wow. So I, I come from like that agrarian kind of background. And uh, and when I was a kid, we'd go visit and uh, I'd get chased by chickens, you know, <laughs> especially you roosters. Yeah, <laughs> chased by roosters because they're, you know, they're real territorial. They're protecting their turf and you get close and all of a sudden there's wings flapping and feathers and squawking and, <laughs> and it's just, and, and, and I, you know, and I, got, I would get warned, don't go too close to this. And don't, and you learn things from being a kid and being exposed to the country. But if you're in the city, you don't know this stuff. We would like just, to add yeah. that when I was a child, the second grade field trip was out to a dairy farm so we could see live cows. Yes. Yeah. I'm serious. Yeah. There were, well, you lived they, in, you lived a little yes. south of LA, you know, right. and, you, and so yes. that whole area, it's just like, it's just, just like one big paved parking lot with right. trees every goes, now and then, you know, goes from one neighborhood to the next yeah. one city to the next. But yeah. yeah, I mean, that was the big field trip was to go out and actually see in person, not on TV, in person, live cattle. And yeah. <laughs> I think about that and again. I'm thinking you're in Jamaica, Queens, which to me, Again, everything I think of New York City is pavement and buildings. Right. You know, I don't think of walking no. down the street like my next door neighbor has chickens. OK, right. And he had to put a sign in the yard, you know, chicken crossing or whatever. Yeah, and right. Yeah. All I can think of is while I enjoy a chicken every now and again, I don't think I want to go to all the effort to, you know, <laughs> pluck it and do all hey. those things necessary hey. to eat that thing when I can buy it for a couple of bucks ready. There you go. Like we did last night over at my mom's house when my brother's in town. We, we, we hit up church's chicken and, yeah. and had ourselves a little feast. You have to and, go to the churches on Sunday. Oh, yeah, you do. Where'd y'all go, church? Well, uh, I know that, but what did you? Well, we had chicken at Southern Baptist Buffet, right? <laughs> yeah, the only thing missing was a casserole. liferadio.fm it's the mark and mag show with the soundtrack for your life hopefully you're having fun today with us i know yeah. you know we've all got choices for what we're going to do during the course of the day and hopefully you're choosing a good path <laughs> now we have not had a crazy wedding <laughs> story no, and we so, haven't, no i'm sorry this one just owns me and <laughs> and it's not really i don't know is it a bridezilla story I guess it close. is. It, it's close. So I guess it qualifies for the Bridezilla theme. Come on. A wedding guest was left stunned after being informed they had incurred some additional charges during the celebrations uh, and would need to pay off their bill. The guest revealed that on the day, the newly married couple announced that their guests would be helping them to pay for the wedding cake by contributing money before grabbing a slice. The guest coughed up about five bucks. Uh, That was what was required to to grab a slice of cake. Didn't think anything more of it until they got a message a few days later sharing screenshots of the exchange online. It shows the couple had sent a video along with the message. Hey, so we were just looking at the CCTV footage and saw you had two pieces, two pieces of the wedding cake. We announced that each guest must pay per slice and notice that you only paid for the one. Can you please send that five bucks ASAP? No. The messages (laughs) were uploaded to Reddit with the caption, 
I paid for the first slice after it was announced on the day that we'd be helping to pay for their cake. Apparently, I didn't count for the second. Wow. The, the move was slammed online. One person wrote, hey, if you can't afford to buy a cake to offer your guests, then don't get a cake. Wow. A second said, love to spend my first precious days as a newlywed revering CCTV <laughs> footage to see which of my loved ones can't shake down. I can't wow. shake down for five bucks. Wow. Another one suggested they rely. They replied uh, uh, to a message to say, hey, I paid X for your gift, X for gas to get there and back, X for clothing to wear to your wedding, and passed up an opportunity to work an extra shift in order to attend. Subtracting the cost of the slice of cake, you owe me this much. Please please remit immediately to avoid late fees. (laughs) This boggles my mind, Mark. I don't know where people got this. When did this craziness start? I don't know. You know, back in the day, if you couldn't afford a wedding, you would elope. Right. The wedding, I, this idea of telling people, you know, I, I think it's fine to register, you know, at a whatever, you know, oh, yeah. to get for gifts because, you know, when, when people are going to buy something for you for your wedding, they want to do something that's thoughtful, mm-hmm. um, creative, you know, I mean, you don't just buy something willy nilly. You actually want to buy something the, the couple will enjoy right. and that they need and they want. Yeah. Right. And so registering at Target or whatever is great. Yeah. But this idea of going and billing people, you know, who are coming to your wedding to mm-hmm. celebrate your day to witness this event yeah. is beyond the pale. I just don't if you I just don't get it. I really I, don't. I think this is part of the whole fairy tale wedding fantasy, mm-hmm. you know, where you think your wedding has to be this picture perfect thing like everything you've seen on Instagram. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I yeah. think that's where it comes down to. And that uh, in order to do that, well, uh, mm. uh, we, we can't pay for it. So, oh, here, here we go. Yeah. We'll charge him by the slice for the cake and that way we can pay for it. Unbelievable. You yeah. know, that's, that's the yeah. only thing it has to be the fairy tale wedding and to, and to get there, you can't afford it. So what do you do? Right. You charge the people attending. Mm-hmm. There was a movie called the wedding ringer, um, with Kevin Hart yeah. um, and Kaylee Cuoco and whatever her last name was at the time. Uh, and yeah. anyway, it, uh, it, it was a funny movie and language, you know, just mm-hmm. giving you a heads up language yeah, and, and content. But bottom line is her dad was footing the bill and obviously the people involved in this particular movie, uh, we're all wealthy, right. okay? Yeah. The the groom wealthy, the bride family wealthy, and you know if you're if dad's footing the bill as he should for the girl, um, then you're going to have a wedding based on what dad can afford to pay. Exactly. And in some cases, it's not that much. You know, it's yeah. just it happens. But I don't understand how people are so unrealistic about things. If you're starting your married life together, and your plan is to bill people for stuff. Wow. It just, I, again, I, I guess I missed that day in class, literally yeah. all of the class that you can imagine, because it doesn't sound right to me. No, no, not at all. And it makes me think of the guy. And I've told you about this before. The guy who told his daughter, I can either pay for a really nice wedding or give you a down payment for your first home. There you go. So what you going to choose? Yeah. The wise, the wise woman is going to choose the home. Right. Instead of the big fairy tale, fancy <laughs> wedding. And, Unbelievable. Uh, Yeah. And I would be, I think we might all be shocked to find out how many girls have been offered that option and chosen the wedding. Wow. Yeah. Wow. LifeRadio.fm, the Mark and Mac show. And Mark, during the music, I went ahead and did something that uh, I want to share with you. Because, well, we were talking about the wedding and uh, how. The uh, 
bride and groom, you know, sent out a bill uh, for a for a person eating uh, an extra piece of cake at their wedding reception. And you and I talked about different receptions we've been involved with right. over the years yeah. and things like that. Well, anyway, um, Reddit seems to be a place where a lot of people post things to seek out comments from others. And in this particular case, <laughs> a man, oh, no. there was a man, not any ordinary man, but a man who um, upset his daughter uh-huh. because she eloped. So he spent the money he had set aside for her wedding fund on other things. Okay. Good for him. Now it's his money. Yes. Right? Yes. And he said, this is what he wrote. My only child, Diana and her now husband started dating in college and had been engaged just before the pandemic hit. After not being able to really plan for over a year due to everything, they decided a couple of weeks ago to just take a trip. The two of them in a elope. Yeah. I'm very happy for them, and honestly, I'm glad to not have to deal with the stress of wedding planning. Now, here's the here's the key. I had thirty five thousand, about thirty five thousand dollars set aside for her wedding in an account I've had for a long time. After she told me the news, I was thrilled to be able to put it to other use. Huh. Now, again, this is Dad's money, thirty five grand that he put aside right. to pay for his daughter's wedding. Good budget, okay. My car has been having some trouble lately. So I decided to just treat myself and get a new car yeah. in cash with that wedding fund money. I paid about 30 grand. And with the rest of the money, my wife and I decided we would take our own little getaway. Yeah. All right. Now, again, this is his money. He said, I didn't think this was controversial. No. Then this past weekend, Diana was over and asked if since I didn't have to pay for a big wedding if they could get the money to use towards a down payment. I told her, sorry, but that's how I paid for my new car and how we're paying for the upcoming trip. To say she was upset is an understatement. Now there's a whole lot more to the story, but oh, yeah, yeah. The, the bottom line, okay, is I, I looked at that and I thought, you know, if there had been a discussion, you know, right, uh, ahead of beforehand, time, yeah. Yeah. Hey, sweetheart, uh, you know, as we're planning this wedding, here's the budget. I've put this money aside for you right. for your wedding plan accordingly here. This is all I've got. Yeah. Now, that would be one way. OK, that would be OK. So the question, is this my money, dad? Like, can I say can I have whatever is left over for right. us? Yeah. If I which, save if I save you this expense, can I have, you know? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. If, yeah. If, if this is the money for the wedding, if I, you know, cut back on some things, can we keep it? Dad, I guarantee you yeah. would say absolutely. I mean, ahead of time. Yeah, exactly. Now, after the fact, if it was kind of a, okay, let's just say for the sake of argument that during the planning, money wasn't discussed, budget wasn't discussed, just kind of this open end, dad's writing the check. Right. Okay. Well, then no, I mean, that you elope, great. Hey, good yeah. for you. Yeah. I would hope that they would spend some of the money on a nice uh, wedding gift, you know? Right, yeah. But again, I just... I understand it, but it seems to me that uh, that thirty-five grand belongs to Dad. Absolutely, yeah. Now, if you paid a huge bill on another daughter's wedding or something along those lines, you know, there's probably going to be some you know frustration around here. Mm. I don't know. I'm just, I'm really of the mindset you mentioned the whole dream wedding thing. Yeah. You know, yeah. And I don't get it. I really don't. Yeah. I oh. I just I mean, think people ought to think about the future. You know, it used to be, and I, you might, you probably know more about this, but I remember back in the day, and it seems like it was around the time Princess Diana was getting married uh, to Prince Charles. Yeah. And it was early 80s, I know that, 
where I had learned that uh, in British, Brit, that the Brits actually would have a really long engagement, and it was that engagement time where the couple would put money aside for you know their home and their all their the furnishings and things like that. So mm-hmm. when they did get married, yeah, that they didn't start off with nothing and then getting in debt right away. They were on very solid financial footing. I remember thinking, hey, that's a pretty cool idea. Mm. But anyway, yeah, I just. If you had your choice, Mark, I mean, how many people, if you have your choice, I got $50,000 for your wedding or you, it's, it's your money. This is what I earmarked it for. Right. Do what you want. Oh, I'm, I, I, I'm taking the, uh, I'm taking the cash sum and, and then, and uh, we're having a little tiny ceremony with the justice of the peace and the parents. That's a pretty Actually, much. Actually, yeah. yeah, dad, I'm going online and I'm going to get ordained <laughs> online right now. We'll do it in the living room, baby. That's exactly. <laughs> I'm getting the dog ordained and when she barks, we're yep. married. <laughs> <laughs> liferadio.fm it's the mark and max show with the soundtrack for your life as long as we've been together mark just told me a story i'd never heard there you go gotta love and one you're not gonna hear (laughs) yeah hey um the soundtrack for your life being ripped off by movie companies but easy now the uh kilogram of nails screws and knives if you just start with that okay (laughs) nails screws and knives you're thinking got a home project we're working on Okay, mm-hmm. building something for the kids out in the backyard, any number of things. Yeah. But at no point in time do nails, screws, and knives seem to be a part of the buffet you're eating with the chicken. Not, you're no, in no, Queens, no. Jamaica. Right, not not part of the Jamaica, diet. Jamaica, Queens. But a Lithuanian yeah. man has had more than a kilo of nails, screws, nuts, and knives removed from his stomach by doctors. He had been swallowing metal objects for a month after he quit drinking alcohol doctors say wow yeah some of the objects retrieved during the surgery in uh in a clypedia uh, university hospital were uh four inches long wait a minute clypedia is that where the doctors who get their degree online go after they've <laughs> done all their research on wikipedia yeah you know? maybe so yeah <laughs> but some of these objects were were four inches long um surgeon sarunas dilidanus Called it a <laughs> made up u- name. yeah I know he called it a unique case um, in its article <laughs> um, in Lithuanian by the way LRT published a photo showing a surgical tray full of metal objects after the emergency three hour operation the man was brought by ambulance with severe abdominal pain duh <laughs> to the hospital uh, on the Baltic Sea coast he's now wow. reported to be in stable condition and is being monitored uh, so. you think they just you know put him to sleep. Take a magnet, drop it on down, you know, and just pull it on out. Oh, my goodness. Yikes, man. You know, most of us understand the, you know, ins and outs of our body. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you know, what goes in. (laughs) And oh, my, I'm thinking and I I don't recommend this for most people, but uh, I'm thinking maybe, you know, when he was deciding on quitting alcohol, you know, mm, yeah, maybe it was the wrong decision for him. <laughs> oh, you no. know, I'm, what kind <laughs> of a reaction was he having? <laughs> yeah, I got to put <laughs> something on my stomach. I know <laughs> there's a bag of screws over here. I think I'll eat those. <laughs> Tell your friends the Mark and Max show is back and better than ever. Oh, yeah.